I'm happy to be back with you, Pesh. I'm happy to be back with you too. Good to hear from you. Absolutely. You. So you too. Uh, if anybody didn't know, Austin and I used to do the Silver Grind together in person. We would always uh, broadcast. We were together for over a year doing the show about mm-hmm. a year and a half. And then Austin more recently has moved to North Kakalaki, North Carolina. And I'm over here. Unfortunately. In and um, today we have a, a special topic. Um, go ahead. Talk about it, Austin. Well, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about fentanyl and uh, how it's become such uh, it's it's growing in its use and it's being hidden in uh, in different things. People are uh, incorporating it in um, uh, in in vape pens, I believe. And uh, uh, you just posted something the other day about yeah, fake uh, Xanax, right? Tapes and forums. I mean, it's. They're putting fentanyl on everything. They're lacing drugs with yeah. fentanyl. They're, um, you know, there's straight fentanyl. There's people that are using it. They're breaking into the fentanyl patches. There's fentanyl suckers. There's, and those have been around for a long time. It's not like fentanyl has yeah. been around for a long time. It's just this huge craze. Like all of a sudden now, as if opiate users weren't already dropping like flies from extensive uh, use of heroin and, and uh, pills and things like that. Uh, now fentanyl just made this huge, like, uh, appearance you know like everybody's everybody's trying it all these kids are trying it and um and now they're even like you can get i posted about it yesterday too there's kids that are buying uh like xanax online with, yeah with fentanyl like intertwined you know in, inside of the pills they're pressed into the pills which is horrible and uh, and on uh, and on craigslist at that right craigslist the dark web you know kids are smart kids these days uh the the Y generation they're smart like they they know how to find things and when you have the internet that's you know easily accessible um, they find how to buy drugs that you know they'll hear about it from friends or things like that or somebody has to, gets their hands on it and then they start investigating they get curious and then they want to buy it and do more fentanyl um, you know I a couple of weeks ago I think I posted about it too we were going to talk about this was you know right now there's a huge problem with kids that are vaping. And um, there's a lot of people, obviously, there's, it seems to me, like in the recovery community, I see more people that are uh, smoking vapes as an alternative yeah. to not smoking regular cigarettes. And there's even fentanyl um, being snuck in the vapes that, for people that are going into treatment. So treatment centers, like if you're out there and you, upon intake, you want to, I'm hearing there's a lot of treatment centers that are now making sure that nobody can bring in their own vape juice or vapes vape devices or if they do have vape devices they provide them with the vape juice so because some people will be trying to sneak in fentanyl or methamphetamines in the vapes yeah so let's uh, let's take a, a little step back I, I want to uh get a little more into that and how people can learn to pay attention to the things um the signs of of uh, fentanyl being used and whatnot but let's 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 backtrack a little bit what is fentanyl exactly for those that don't know and why is it so dangerous? So fentanyl was used, you know, it's obviously used in the medical uh, <clears throat> field. It's, it's used for pain. It's, it's an opiate. It's like basically the elephant mm-hmm. of all opiates. And it's, uh, it's been used since the sixties, you know, but, but it's, um, it, it's there, you know, it's, it, many people use it because it's to, to relieve pain. So it's out there, it's, uh, it's made its way into the black market. 
There's a lot of people that have been distributing it. A lot of drug dealers, like street drug dealers, are getting their hands on it, and they they get it and they they lace their drugs with it so that it'll become more potent. They may not have the best drugs as it is, like heroin, but if they put a little bit of fentanyl in there, it'll it'll make sure to do the job. And it's also extremely deadly when it's used. Um, it, it, I mean, anybody can be exposed to it. If you get exposed to it, you can be affected by it. It's it's deadly in many different uh, ways. And uh, there's been, you know, talks of, of people getting, oh, then it's also used in several different ways. Like, there's a lot of people that are um, injecting it. There's a lot of people that mm. um, will ingest it. They will use it as a sucker, you know, and then there are people that are smoking it. And it's actually so powerful that it can actually make people overdose from just smoking it within itself. Scary stuff. Very scary. So why do you think the use of it is, is growing so much? Is it because it's so small it's, and so powerful it's more discreet? Why do you think that it's being more used more and more? It's a sign of the times. I mean, the popu the population's growing. There's a lot more. Um, the more we get more people, the more we get more curiosity. The more the economy is either high, up or down, the more you get people that that uh, do more drugs. So I think fentanyl is just uh, more available more than ever. And um, you know, when, once it gets on the black market, people distribute it better. I, I you know. The thing is, a lot of clients that I get from across the country right now, and I, we talked about this probably six months ago. Um, I get clients from Delaware. I get clients from Maine. Yeah. I mean, these are like places where you don't really hear much activity in our country coming out of these states, but there's drugs. And the clients that come in, whenever I look at what they pop dirty for, fent fentanyl's in their system. And there's states like Ohio where there's more pe people doing fentanyl now then there are heroin, you know, it's like, it's, and it's, and it's, you know, and people, when an addict is in their disease, they don't think about like, oh my God, this could kill me. They think about how high can this get me? So, um, Aaron Spar saying fentanyl has taken over the East Coast. You know, yeah. I came here three years ago, my friends were dying from uh, 0 0.1 grams. But yeah, it's definitely been on the East Coast for a while. It's, it's widespread across our country. It's all over. It is, um, <clears throat> You know, uh, I'm I'm hearing it's all over the West Coast now too, and it, it's it's easily it's accessible. It's not hard. Street dealers, like in their whole um, arsenal of different types of drugs they sell, provide fentanyl too. And then there's you know people that are chemically also um, making pressing pills. They will uh, yeah. They'll they'll call certain things certain types of drugs like Xanax. Because there's a lot of kids that love Xanax too. And they'll get like grandma's Xanax or they'll get their hands on Xanax and then they'll resort. If they can't get that anymore, then they resort to street dealers. And so there's people that know that kids love bars, as they would call them. And um, the ones, the people that are pressing these things will put fentanyl in it, which then makes it, you know, a whole different type of drug. I mean, I have mm -hmm. probably in the last couple of years seen a lot of kids going on Craigslist and, and the dark web buying these so-called Xanax pills that are laced with fentanyl and they end up, um, they become like, how can I say this? Just like unpredictably predictable, like just crazy individuals that do really shady things. Like they'll, they'll steal from me, they'll lie to you. They'll, and they're not in the right mind. You can look them in the eyes and they're, they're, they're sauced. 
they're completely looped. Like, you know, so it's like there's there's nothing good about this stuff. And I don't see in any time soon there being a stop to the to the widespread growth of how much of it is out there, how much of it is available. Gotcha. Uh, with that Hi, being Jessica, said, good to see you. Hello, Thanks. everyone. Like if uh, if anyone listening or watching has any questions about fentanyl right. or about addiction or about recovery in general, uh, or you just want to say hello, let us know in the comments. That's what we're here for. We're here to answer your questions yep. and uh, and get some really good information out there. Leverage see what Aaron, pen. See what Aaron Sparks addicts want the strongest drugs available makes perfect sense to me. He's exactly right. It's uh, yeah. just like I said. You know, like an addict doesn't sit there and think like that's that's deadly. That could kill me. An addict, an addict thinks, how high will that get me? And and yeah. knowing that fentanyl is like, it trumps all other drugs. It's the elephant of opiates. It's like, it's going to, it's going to debilitate you and it gets you, like, it puts you in a whole other state. The problem is, is that when you have no care for your life, you know, it doesn't matter. It's do or die. So, you know, anything's yeah. possible. How long do the effects... You can have a seat. How long do the effects of fentanyl last in your system? I mean, the, as far as without withdrawal, I mean, a person that's doing fentanyl will keep on doing it. and It'll stay in your system, I believe, anywhere from, you know, maybe up to 72 hours. Um, you can give it to him. Um, and if you, it's going to definitely, the, the withdrawal is going to require a detox um, mm -hmm. which isn't easy, but you know, if you do have the right kind of medications to get off of fentanyl, then it's just like an, another opiate, uh, that you're coming off of. You, you got to go through yeah. the process of a pure de detoxification. If you do it raw dog, like without anything, it ain't easy. It's like, really bet, huh? it's really hard <laughs> on the body, both mind, body, spirit. Um, you're going to definitely go through it hard. You know, you're going to have a lot of body gotcha. things and, and there's a lot of, emotions that come with it and and there's also the the chance of uh, once somebody gets off of it that they still have that strong desire to want to go back and do it more because um it'll hook you i mean it really hooks people like once you get started on that stuff it's it's it captivates the mind an addict that's uh actively using fentanyl it's really hard for them to get out they know it's bad they know it's bad like the after effects the come downs having to obtain more and if they can't get it then they, they start having these realizations where they, they, they realize like I can't do on this man and, and the sad thing is is that not a lot of people will survive if they continue to use it uh, we've lost very close people to us and and only the, the people that I've actually seen get recovery as a, as a result of using uh, extensive amounts of fentanyl are few and far between so but it's possible there is recovery is possible from, from fentanyl use. Let's go back to what you had brought up before about all of the different places and ways that people are starting to mix fentanyl and hide it and incorporate it in different aspects. What are some of the signs of this? How can you pay attention both as a parent if you suspect that your son or daughter might be including fentanyl in their in their in their vape or other devices or or just in general, uh, and well, then uh, and then treatment centers as well and other professionals, how how do you begin to recognize that it's in, being incorporated there? 
That's aside from being finding them under the influence after vaping or something. Yeah, that's a great question. I think for any opiate user, especially one that's abusing opiates, like the, one of the things that stands out about a person is that they start to, um, they, they nod off a lot. They fall asleep a lot. They, uh, mm -hmm. in very odd places, like at the dinner table or in their bedrooms. And sometimes they'll have a cigarette in their hand and they may burn holes in things like the furniture, their clothing. Um, they they don't look well, their eyes are sunken, their behaviors are different, they're not achieving, they're not performing well in life. Uh, a lot of bad things, you know, there's, they're wrecking cars, they're not making it to class, they're failing classes, um, they're put on, put on academic probation. These are things to really look out for. If somebody was somewhat normal at some point in their life and now they're experimenting with drugs and suddenly they're in a place where, um, place in their life where they're not the same kid that they used to be, or the same husband or wife, because it's not like kids are just doing fentanyl. There's a lot of adults that are doing it too. So it's all over, you know, it's, 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 this is, I would say the new epidemic. There's a lot of people using this stuff, lots. Like it, for me, it's, it's not even surprising anymore. Every time I bring in a client, um, it's like probably five out of, maybe six out of 10 of them have fentanyl in their system. So it's out there on a national level. Like Aaron Sparrow was saying, it was huge on the East Coast a few years ago. It was everywhere, right? On the East Coast. It wasn't really, it hadn't really hit the West Coast that much. But more recently, I've seen people from San Francisco and people down in Orange County and Los Angeles. That they're, all, they're, they're all up in it too. Gotcha. Do you think that the use of fentanyl is only going to continue to rise uh, until something really dramatic happens, whether it's a legal thing or um, uh, I, I don't even know, um, unless maybe there's some new drug that's even more powerful or more enjoyable in the same regard. Do you think it's going to continue to rise uh, at the current pace and what you see? Unfortunately, yeah, it is gonna keep rising. I mean, I don't, think, I don't see it going away. And even if they were to stop using it for medical purposes, um, whoever's learned how to chemically make fentanyl um, will continue to keep selling it and distributing it. It's not like methamphetamine ever went away or cocaine or, or heroin. Those have always been there. As long as it grows from the ground, people will still distribute it. And cartels are all about the money. Whoever's distributing this stuff is all about the money. So, um, yeah, yeah they, they make their rounds. I don't think it's going to go away. And, and it's a great question you ask me because I've always, like, thought about like what has what does the addiction look like now as opposed to um 50 years ago or 100 years ago or 200 years ago there's always been you know there's always some new wonder drug that comes out that people are going to um they're going to experiment with there's people that you know, yeah. who knows what's going to happen in the future here who, who knows what could come next but i do know that um right now people should pay attention to this and and i think that I really like gonna this. Probably have, and we, I think we talked about this before. Is when watch, watch some politicians, watch their kids get on this yeah. stuff and start, um, you know, yeah. away, and then then they may like they'll take some legislative yeah. measures to to change things eventually, hopefully. But it's not like you know the stuff on the streets is illegal. You're not supposed to be right. distributing it or, or buying it if it's not prescribed. You shouldn't be selling it using somebody else's. But it's out there. You know, it's out there like crazy. Yeah. Aaron just left a uh, 
a good comment here that I want to use as a segue. Um, and thank you for your, uh, your comments here, Aaron. He says, when you said that an addict doesn't care about their lives, that's the key. We know it will kill us. But while it was out there, I didn't care. That's one of the gifts of recovery for me. I discovered a life worth living. So how did you so how did you show someone that's in the depth of it what they are missing? That's a great question. So let's let's start with that. How do you show someone that's deep in addiction what they are missing? By leading by example, by showing sharing your experience with them. Like for one, I get that. What Aaron's talking, he's speaking my language. Like we were cut from the same cloth. Um, there was a time when I did a lot of drugs. And whenever I do a lot of drugs, people would tell me, like my own friends that I was using with, like my own dealers would tell me, dude, like <clears throat> you have overshot the mark yet one more time. You keep going like this, you're going to die. You're going to yeah. die. And I'd look at them and I'd look them stone cold, like right in their faces and be like, good, give me more. Because I really didn't think that there was much to live for. So it's all about leading by example and empowering people and showing them that there is a lot to live for. That's, I mean, and when somebody's in active addiction, you have to remember they're in their disease. Their, their egos are running them. So it's not like you can really get through to someone actively using, but there's always that glimmer of hope. There's always that moment of clarity that you might say something that'll like catch their attention and they might just change their mind. That's up to them. I do believe every single human being on earth gets the opportunity to really tap into something, you know, more deeper on a deeper spiritual level within themselves to change their lives and do different. I think everybody that overdoses and dies at some point or another had some kind of signs or somebody that's told them something that's good for them. So people that are in recovery, it's our due. We have to do our due diligence to, to uh, carry a message of hope and give hope to people and empower people to change their lives. Yeah. Uh, to backtrack a little here, this, to Aaron's comment, this might get uh, perhaps a little dark, but it's important to, to ask, I think. With fentanyl being so powerful and that people that use it know what they're getting into, do you think they know that it can and will kill you? And do you think that it, at all is part of why they choose to use it? Are you or asking do you think me this question? Say again? Are you asking me this question? Or Aaron? Yes. I'm asking you. Okay. Do I think, I think when, when you've taken it to that level where you're not just smoking weed or drinking anymore, but you've, you're doing heavy drugs. Like, let's be real here. When somebody has to go to the point in their life where they would resort to putting a needle inside their body, there's not much to live for. Like they yeah. want to die. You know, and, and some people that want to commit suicide, they just commit suicide. They have a plan, they go through with it. They might leave a letter behind or they just have a plan and they go kill themselves, right? With this, this is a slow suicide. In a sense, it's a selfish act too. And this is just what I think is, it's, uh, you know what? I want to die, but I at least want to feel good when I die. That was my, that was my outlook on it. Like personally, I contemplated suicide several times. I even had plans. There was some attempts, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I, you know, I think I just want to go drive my car off the cliffs of Laguna Beach somewhere and die. But then knowing with my luck, I will probably fail and be like some paraplegic shacked up in my hospital room, sitting there thinking, damn, I couldn't even pull off my own suicide. So might as well just get high. That way, if I die, I die like going out with a bang, you know what I mean? Or, or just numbed out like to where I don't have to feel anymore. And I think a lot of people, they don't care. People are chasing a high. 
They're chasing the high. Like that's why they don't care. They don't care if they live or die. And usually, I don't really know a lot of successful fentanyl or heroin users that can use it in moderation and have really good lives going for them. Every single human being I've ever known that's been hooked on opiates and abusing them has lives that aren't going well at all. Mm. It's a, a good and unfortunate answer, but the reality of the situation. It's real. Yeah. I mean, you know I'm a Prince fan. And Prince wasn't like we've talked about this before too. Prince wasn't like psychologically, he wasn't a, a drug addict throughout his life that had psychological issues that mm -hmm. resorted to using drugs to overcome his um, upbringing or all the different difficulties that he had in his life. He was he was very anti-drugs, but due to the fact that he was he had a lot of pain in his legs and hips from all the dancing and everything, he was prescribed pain medication, which that within itself too is scary because then people they get the meds and they start to depend on it and they develop a dependency and they they have to keep using more. And once you once your brain depends on something, especially something that's going to overcome you know, major pain within your body, then you can't stop. And that's why like he was when he passed away, they said it was an accidental overdose of fentanyl, which a lot of people think that he was set up or whatever. Like the reality of it is, is that he was on that and that's how he died. And we've had celebrities that passed away from this, you know, that, that more recently, a few, you know, like really famous people that, that we see. So it doesn't discriminate against anybody. Anybody could get hooked on this stuff. Yeah, I just got a comment from uh, my Uncle Max. Thanks for uh, tuning in, Uncle Max. I, I just got to see him back in, uh, in Pennsylvania. But he says, uh, due to neck and back injury, I've had to wear a high-dose fentanyl patch uh, at all times for nearly seven years. Um, I hate it. It's a really horrible thing and very much affects your entire self. Yeah, I don't see his comment, but... but um... See I see it thing? on my. Uh... It's it's that's one of the reasons they created fentanyl was for that yeah. purpose. For, was for people that are going to do um, either long term maintenance and, and remain on it, or people that uh, will be doing it for a, a certain period of time, but eventually wean off of it and not have to depend on it. It's sad. Yeah. Look, he's not even happy. Seven years later, it's because he know. I'm sure deep down inside, he knows like this isn't the way I wanted to live my life to have to be dependent upon something that's going to. Um, that I have to do every, I don't know how often he does it, but possibly every day just so that I don't have to feel, feel pain. Yeah. There are, so this, there are other alternatives out there for, for overcoming pain. You don't have to get on opiates and stay on them for life. I understand people get prescribed this stuff and I'm not a doctor to say like who should or who shouldn't be doing it. But if you start to, you know, feel like you're getting addicted to this stuff, ask for help because there's help out there and there's ways to get off of it. And I know somebody that had a back injury. You, I think maybe you were at that panel, but he had a back injury seven years yeah. ago. And because of the back injury, he got hooked on pain meds. And then um, he, after he couldn't, his doctor like cut him off because he was abusing his pain meds. He, he resorted to going straight up buying heroin on the streets and, you know, had there been a lot of fentanyl around, I'm sure that guy right there, especially that guy would have done that too. And he used to tell me, like, I have nothing to live for. I would just walk around the streets of Costa Mesa with him. He's my client. Like, and, and just encourage him to, to come into the path of recovery. And the guy's sober six and a half years now. He's got an amazing life, you know, a company, a business. Uh, I think he's getting married, a lot of different things. So it's not like That's people awesome. can't get well. There is hope out there. This isn't life yeah. to be lived uh, 
hooked on something that's just going to relieve us of of internal pain or external pain we can get through this you know there's help out there yeah so i want to kind of use that as a as a segue um Call we, this could, well uh i i want to briefly touch on it um to expand into that so are you before we before we uh wrap up a little bit but um if you have been prescribed uh a opioid or a heavy pain medication like this for severe pain that you're going through say it's a a, a neck and back injury that's just debilitating what are the alternatives there, this is something that i i believe okay look at what that lady wrote right there kathleen wrote just lost my best friend because she was misdiagnosed and got the wrong meds no fentanyl but ah, that doctor just that's took her horrible down, just like that so it, like I, there are other alternatives, and they are non-narcotic treatment. Obviously, it's not going to feel like fentanyl would, but it definitely yeah. is going to help people overcome a lot of the pain. Like you know, I, I believe tramadol is one of them. And I, there's there's just there are alternatives, and they're they're not addictive narcotic type drugs that people will then develop a dependency upon. So what I would encourage people to do is when you go and you do, if you if you go and you get diagnosed for whatever and somebody wants to give you fentanyl or any kind of opioid, but get a second opinion. It doesn't hurt. And talk to people that are knowledgeable about this. So if I get a lot of people that call me and ask me like what I think, and I tell them I'm not a doctor, but I'll tell you this right now, you, you start with the suckers, you might end up wanting to shoot that stuff, depending on who you are. If you're an addict in recovery and you, you put that, there's a beast that gets unleashed within our brains. And it, we, once that beast gets unleashed, we, that's why that guy went from straight up using pain meds to buying heroin on the streets. That guy wasn't a heroin addict before. Right? Yeah. He just developed a dependency. You know, Prince wasn't a full-blown fentanyl addict before. He, it probably started with things like Vicodin or, or other types of more mild pain-killing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we covered a lot today. Are there any other elements? Look what, look what on... Danielle just said. Yoga, exercise, vitamins. I believe in that. And I like that she's talked about tramadol too. It causes seizures when mixed. She's mm. right. She's right. Because people will mix it depending on who it is. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Are there any other important points on this topic of today about fentanyl that you'd like to discuss, Pesh? Uh, not today, but you know, I, I do, and I want to encourage people to get educated. You know, it's not like fentanyl hasn't been talked about to the point where we don't know the name. It's nationally talked about quite often yeah. in the news. Yeah. We've got Google. Look it up, but also, like, find the real facts about it and, and raise awareness. Let people know. These, there's kids now in, in high schools that are vaping. That's, like, this huge problem and craze. And all it takes is for one of these kids to, to mix up some fentanyl in it or whatever, what it, like meth or whatever it is. So it's just about raising awareness and just letting people know it's dangerous. And if you want your life, like stay away from it. And if you're already hooked on it, come talk to us. Educate yourself, lead by example. If you need a helping hand, reach out. That's what this is all about. Pej, I'm so happy to it's be nice doing to be back on the show with you. It's actually worked well. Yes. Yeah. Worked great today. I'm so excited to be doing this. Everyone that tuned in or is watching this after, we're going to be doing this again weekly, uh, every Tuesday at 12 p.m. PST, 3 p.m. 
uh, Eastern time, uh, my time, different topics every week about addiction and recovery and resources for you. So if we didn't get to answer your question today, uh, we will afterwards. Please keep these co uh, comments and questions coming. We would love to answer, talk with you, and see how we can help. If you'd like to join our recovery group, uh, it's an amazing group. We just rebranded it. It's called Sober Grinds um, Addiction Resources. You can find it by doing a Facebook search for Sober Grinds, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Sober Grinds. It's an amazing community in there. Lots of addiction professionals and individuals that can help you in no matter what you're going through, whether it's you or a loved one. Lastly, this podcast is sponsored by Beginnings Treatment Centers. If you need help at all for any anything, whether it's for yourself or a loved one or a friend or a family member, or you just want to call and find out more about addiction recovery options or intervention options, visit beginningstreatment.com or call them 24-7 at 800-387-6907. Pej, you're awesome. <laughs> I miss you, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I miss you, too. Tune in. <laughs>